This true first-person story was recorded in front of a live audience at the Fringe Club in Hong Kong. If you want to learn how to tell your best story, sign up on our Hong Kong Stories Meetup page, follow us on Facebook, or go to hongkongstories.com. Hong Kong Stories. It's better than drama. It's better than comedy. It's real life. Now, from our October 2016 show on the theme of bad habits, here's Rachel. You start off with a routine, and then the routine becomes a habit, and the habit becomes a norm. And when we think about bad habits, we think about things like smoking or drinking or maybe doing drugs. <laughs> um, but some of the worst habits aren't things that we do, but things that we don't do. Once upon a time, I had a little brother, amongst other siblings. But he was six years younger than me. And six years to a kid is a really awkward amount of time. He was too old to be cute, quite frankly, and too young to be interesting. So he was just annoying. <laughs> and when he was six years old, sorry, when he was four years old, he used to come to me and want to play with me all the time because I was the favorite sister. Um, and he would pester me and bother me and, and, until I would get really fed up. And I would say to him, if you don't leave me alone, I'm going to cast a magical older sister spell on you and turn you invisible. Of course, he'd never leave me alone. He'd keep bugging me, and I'd have to wave my arms above him and say, abracadabra, and poof. Was there a kid around here somewhere? And my other siblings would play along and say, I, I, I don't see anything. I thought, it, I thought I saw something. No, wasn't, any, wasn't anybody here. It would drive him crazy. <laughs> and he would go from one to the other of us, waving his arms in the air and frantically going, can you see me? I'm here. Can you see me? And we'd be going, can you, can you, can you hear something? No, I can't hear anything. Did, did you hear? I thought I heard something. No, no, I couldn't hear anything. Must have just been the wind. Yeah, it's probably just the wind. Anyways, we keep this up until he would cry or go and tell mom. And uh, then I'd relent, but honestly, I'd do it again when he was bugging me the next time. It wasn't very kind, but that's just the way things are sometimes. Now, he wasn't always such an incredible pest. Sometimes um, he was quite nice. In fact, when he was a toddler, he was one of my favorite siblings. That didn't last long. Um, his room was next to mine, and he slept in a crib at that point in time, and, and he'd often wake up in the middle of the night crying. And I'd creep from my room into his and hold on to his hand while he fell asleep. And I'd feel really satisfied and happy that he was content and quiet and I'd done a good job as an older sister. Then I'd sneak back into my own room and feel really good about myself. But I didn't get to see a huge amount of him in his later childhood because I left home in my mid-teens and moved away from my family, my, away from where my family lived. However, when he turned 17, he came to visit me in Liverpool, England, where I was living. And that was really great. I was so excited to see him. I was so excited to have him there. I met him at the airport, and there he is, a typical Canadian teenager. You know, he's got his baseball cap sideways. 
He's got his hoodie on. He's got his pants down around here with the underpants showing. He just stood out so much. I mean, he did not look like a local in the north of England where they wear shell suits and shiny shoes. So I felt really awkward because we lived in a really dodgy neighborhood and I thought he's just going to become a target. You know, he clearly stands out. So I took him shopping for some shirts and jackets and that was really great because he blended in a little bit more and wasn't quite so visible. Now, I had a really demanding job at that point in time and I couldn't spend as much time as I really wanted to getting to know him again. So instead, to keep him occupied, I took him down to the local employment agency and got him a job in a cafeteria, which was brilliant. The cafeteria ladies fell in love with him. They thought his accent was really cute, and his dimples were lovely, and he had beautiful manners, and it kept him occupied and busy and out of my hair. In fact, they, I, I'm pretty sure they used up all the profits feeding him sandwiches because they thought he was too thin. Anyways, um, he also used to like to go with my neighbor down to the local pub and have a drink in the evenings. So oftentimes on my way home from work, I'd stop by and see if he was there, pick him up on the way home. And one day I walk in and the landlord's got this big cheesy grin on his face and he's going, hey, your brother was in here earlier. <laughs> I'm like, oh, really? Yeah, he was trying to buy drugs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was trying to buy drugs. In fact, he went from each table, one by one, asking if he could score some drugs there. <sighs> Not subtle. I was so annoyed. I mean, I live here, we're in a foreign country, it's just not really appropriate. So I hunt him down at home and I give him a stern talking to about engaging in illegal activities when you're in a foreign country. It's not okay. You've got to be a little bit quieter, you know? You've got to be a little bit more, well, less obvious. He agreed. And about a week later, it was time for him to go home, back to my parents' house in Canada. A year after that, my partner and I had planned to get married. We had planned a beautiful wedding. It's um, low-key and relaxed, nothing too fancy. But I picked out some passages for people who were important to me to read during the ceremony. One of the passages was Tom Robbins's, um, Tom Robbins' Still Life with Woodpecker. It's a passage about love being the ultimate outlaw, and I asked my younger brother if he would read it for me. And he said, yeah, and I said, you know, will you practice? And he, he promised that he would. He promised, he promised, he promised that he would practice. But he didn't. It was a tragedy like all other tragedies. There was a motorcycle, a miscalculation, and the hard, unyielding pavement. And just like that, my younger brother wasn't. We'd run out of tomorrows to spend together. And I found out that the worst habits to have but the easiest ones to break are the ones where you just take people for granted. Those habits are broken in a split second. And now, when the wound has become a scar and the passage of time, the throb of pain feels like an old friend. I sometimes stop and listen. I wish I could hear his voice just one more time. 
but I can only hear the wind. Thanks for listening to this story brought to you by Hong Kong Stories. If you want to know more, visit us on hongkongstories.com. Everyone has a story to tell.